Hello. Hi, and welcome to Murder, She Read, the true crime podcast where we read books, give each other dirty looks, and drink copious amounts of wine. And sit real wide-legged in our new setup. Yeah, it's a lady power stance. I love it. Um, I am sitting wide-legged across from the ever-lovely Amanda Fall. And I am sitting across from Victoria Campbell. Uh, Why are we wide-legged? We moved. <laughs> that was a leading question. Um, we switched our setup a little bit. We so did. We're uh, in my bedroom now. We're going to test it out, see how it goes. So bear with us if it sounds a little wonky. I mean, you haven't given up yet. So there's hope. Yeah, there's always hope. Um, so we have decided for the next month, we are going to do Strictly Lady Killers. Because we found a book called... Lady Killers. Right. That's the one. By a woman named Tori Telfer, and it's really fun. It's a collection of murderous women throughout history, and we're excited to share the narratives with you guys. Yes, it's going to be a little bit different. Today we're going to cover two separate killers. Um, I've got a lot of information on one and not a lot on the other, so we'll see how this goes. Perfect. Well, shall we kick it off, Amanda? Let's do it. I'm mostly excited. Okay, two reasons. One, to hear you pronounce all of these Polish last names. Mm -mm. Two... To see what the names are in your book, because they were different in every story that I read. Oh, interesting. Every news article I found. There was a bunch of Johns, and then they were all Josephs in the next one, and then there was a, they went back to John. It was just a very confusing Just situation. every J of I have a lot of crosses, and I just don't know who is who. All we'll right. Find out. Sounds reasonable. Well, would you like to kick us off? With what? The first thing you've got on there. Fucking Christ, yeah. Um, Atili Klimek. Is that how we're going to pronounce it? Works for me. Was born in 1876. She immigrated from Poland to the Chicago area with her parents as an infant. At 14, she married her first husband. Tell me what his real name is. <laughs> I didn't write it down. Um, you don't have any names? I don't have her first husband's name. I have her, her second boyfriend's. Oh, I've got John Mitkovic. That sounds right. I trust you. Sure. Um, they married in 1914, and after 30 years of marriage, she started to tell neighbors and him that she had a dream that he was going to be dead on a very specific day. Um, she said that she dreamt of finding his corpse. It was a few weeks ahead, and sure enough, John fell ill on that very morning and was dead by that night. Two months later, she was remarried. Have you read a fiction again? Mm -mm. Do you have something totally different? Mm -hmm. Tell me. <clears throat> Um, okay, I have that her first husband died in 1914. Um, she was only 14. But he died in 1914. She remarried a month later, and her second husband was dead in 90 days. Oh. Um, she pocketed about 3K in insurance money uh, and dead husband savings. Oh, I see what happened. Okay, I misread. In 1914 was when he died. She right. married at 14. That's right. why I got confused. So yeah. her first husband, yeah. Um, she did remarry 60 days later. Uh, do you have that name? Um, no, because he's dead 90 days after they wed. Um, and she pockets, as I said, about 3K in insurance money from number one and number two, which I looked up. Guess how much that is in today's gold? You know, it's a great question. It's about $37,000. That's a decent amount of money. Sure. Not really worth killing over, but mm -hmm. we'll take it. Um, she gets a new boyfriend, Joseph Guskowski, um, whom she's like very hopeful will be her third boyfriend, excuse me, her third husband. She's already, he's already her boyfriend. Um, they go on a romantic trip to Milwaukee, every lover's favorite destination. <laughs> that 
That is the dream one. And while they were there, she was like, he better fucking ask me to be his wife. He doesn't. She's pissed. Um, So she casually lets it slide that she had poisoned her prior husbands, hoping to scare him into marriage. Is that how you hooked Zachary? Yeah, it's all threats of our side. Shockingly, this didn't work, uh, yet he still turned up dead shortly after their return. And by 1919, our girl Tilly is married again. She has her third husband, Frank Kapezik, who would fall very, very, very ill two years into their marriage. You know, to be a murderess in the 1900s feels quite easy. Yeah, I, um, this is a really interesting fact to me. Apparently in 1920s Chicago, which is where we are, the murder rates by women jumped 400%. Because they could get away with it. Yeah, they like went on the stand and cried and were real cute and everyone was like, okay. Okay. Are you sorry? Will you not do it again? I'm like, I won't do it again. I'm gonna do it again. <laughs> they um, always do. But yeah, there was a lot of a lot of women getting away with murder, and in fact, that's what the musical Chicago talks a lot about is uh, those those murders in the twenties. Um, okay, so she gets married again. This is third husband. We're at Frank. Yes, and he's very, very ill two years into their marriage. There's a story that she was super, super jazzed. She found a coffin on sale for 30 bucks and told absolutely everyone about it. She asked her landlordy, landlordy, landlady if she could store it in the basement, and the landlady said, no, thank you. <laughs> what? She's just being practical. Um so she, he's really ill, and she sets about procuring this coffin, which she did get her hands on, and she also went about sewing what, Amanda? Oh, her, her funeral hat? Mm-hmm. Everyone needs a good funeral hat when you keep murdering all your husbands. You know you're going to get use out of it. It's true. You're going to use it again and again. It's an investment piece. Um, so she is literally sewing it while she's sitting at the side of her sick husband's deathbed, and it's like, Cackling. yeah, pretty fucking gleeful about it. Um, he kicks it on April 25th, 1921, and Tilly would collect $675 in life insurance. Um, and then she's on the prowl again. She's looking for number four. She's real fucking busy. Okay, at this point. Yes. This has to be like a small community, right? Like, Yeah, it's a small, primarily Polish community in... Chicago. Word has got to have spread that she's had three dead husbands in a span of, like, back-to-back. Well, may I tell you a fun anecdote? Of course. Okay, so she goes looking for husband number four, but number four already has his sights set on her. Oh, hi. Yeah, this is a man by the name of Joseph Klimek, who had come to husband number three's funeral to make eyes at the newly single Tilly at the urging of his friends who must fucking hate him. You mean his name is not Joseph Guskowski? Mm-mm, that was mm. the boyfriend. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that, was, <laughs> I got. that was dudes ago. <laughs> Whoops. Um, so this is this is the uh, the one whom she'll get her name from. And so he's there. He's, like, interested. His friends are like, oh, she's single again. Get in there. Why do they hate him so much? I don't know. Why would you tell your friend to marry somebody who's got four dead husbands? Because you hate him. Mm-hmm. He must be a dick. Um, so they would marry just three weeks later. And Tilly was not in happily wedded bliss, however, and she complained to her cousin Nellie. And her cousin Nellie was like, we'll divorce him. She was like, uh, it's too much. And she was like, okay, here's some rat poison. Paperwork is hard. <laughs> it's too much. Rat poison is 10 cents. <laughs> and I have some here. Um, so next, Tilly would whip up some very, very delicious meals for young Joseph. Um, and his health started to shockingly decline. 
Uh, his brother became suspicious and wanted to bring in a doctor, but Tilly was like, nah, 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 nah. I got it. We don't do doctors mm-hmm. around here. Mm-hmm. I'm the fucking nurse. <laughs> I'm the fucking doctor. Um, but his brother was having none of it, and the doctor immediately recognized the signs of arsenic poisoning. So the doctor notifies the police, and Tilly was arrested on October 26, 1922. And one of my favorite anecdotes here is that she told the arresting officer, the next one I cook, want to cook a dinner for is you. Wink, wink. Was he not into it? You know, he probably would have been in like three weeks, which is usually her rotation through dating period. I've got another fun anecdote. Lay it on us. I say fun lightly and sarcastically. Before this happened, because she wasn't in jail yet, she gets in a fight with one of her neighbors and days later has this horrifying premonition that a plague would strike the family. Totally not suspicious, obviously. Mm -mm. And like a couple weeks later like, three of their kids are dead. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if it was back to back to back, but they definitely died slowly and painfully. Do you know anything about the dog? No. Oh, God. One of the neighbors had a dog that would not shut up, and she poisoned poisoned it. it. (laughs) Just poisoning fucking everyone. Well, you know, something annoys you. So... After the police become extremely suspicious of Tilly, they exhume her dead husband's uh, remains, and also her cousin's dead husband. Right. Um, All of these bodies exhibit signs of arsenic arsenic poisoning, um, but they didn't just stop at dead husbands. Um, It soon became clear that Tilly had killed four of her cousins at a dinner party because she was pissed at her aunt. Yeah. And (laughs) two neighbor ladies came forward saying Tilly had given them poison candy as well, one for arguing with her and one for allegedly flirting with Joseph, whom Tilly didn't even like that much by all accounts. Okay, yeah, I've got a weird list here. Lay it on us. All right, I'm going to just go with first names because these last names are Polish and complicated. Um, let see. Helen died 1912 at age 15. Stanley, these are all related, Stanley, Helen, and Stella. Um, Were those the three of the neighbor's kids? Well, two died in 1912 and one died in 1913. Okay. It's possible, but... They said that Tilly cared for them when they were ill. So, hard to say. There is somebody named maybe Myers. Possible husband, possible fling. Either way, he went missing in 1923. Um, He did. Yeah. And then they've got um, Mrs. Rose Split. Got too close to Climax. He was talking, and she got pissed. And Miss (laughs) Stell, uh, Stella Gorkowski... I'm going to get the Gronkowski. (laughs) Rob Gronkowski in a wig. (laughs) Rob Gronkowski in a wig is a sister of a boyfriend of Tilly's. She dies after eating candy that Tilly had given her after they had a fight. Oh. She loved to poison candy. Let's fuck up. And you know what Rob Gronkowski likes. It's candy. And a wig. Can you imagine? (laughs) Could be a lie. There's also Nick Miko, who's a cousin. He recovered from arsenic poisoning. Um, And then... Do you have the whole Nellie's first husband situation? Um, I just know that her first husband died, and when they exhumed his corpse, it was riddled with arsenic. Yeah, it had enough to kill 12 men. Oh, no, she did not like him. (laughs) One fucking day. I also heard that Nellie, heard, read, rather, um, that Nellie did not limit poison revenge to her romantic partners. She had poisoned her own two infants 
whom she had with that first husband whom she hated, um, as well as her fucking granddaughter after her granddaughter criticized, cr- criticized her for her lifestyle choices. Yeah, Nellie's victims include her husband, Wojciech Strummer, um, her granddaughter, Dorothy Spera, Sophie Strummer, her daughter, Ben Strummer, uh, Sophie's twin brother, who died a month after his sister, John Strummer, um, her son, he recovered and was like, my mother fucking did this. No one cared. You're being dramatic. And then there was Lillian Strummer. It's hard to say if this was Tilly or Nellie because she lived with Tilly for a year when she was 13. She may have survived. I really couldn't find a ton of information, but I did say she was like critically ill for the rest of her life. Oh, God. She did survive. Yeah, it was a lot. Yeah, they were busy. Busy fucking women. Um, so, as we said, Tilly and Nellie are both in jail, and the city goes full banana. During the trial, Tilly would claim innocence, stating that she loved her husbands, and they loved her, and they died just in normal ways. Normal arsenic <laughs> ways. <laughs> you know. Despite this, Tilly was sentenced to life in prison, which was the harshest punishment that had ever been doled out to a woman in Chicago. Um... Do you want a quick trial moment? Yeah, lay it on us. So at her trial in March of 1923, Tilly snickered when a nurse was being uh, questioned. She told the story about how the night that Klemek entered the hospital, according to the nurse, Tilly shouted, if he makes any trouble, you take a two-by-four and hit him over the head with it. I mean, that's good advice, right? If you're... Don't yell it in a hospital <laughs> when you're with your possibly fourth dead husband. That's fair. Maybe just on the street, though. That's what I've got. Um, So Tilly goes to jail. Her cousin Nellie, however, got off scot-free. Despite her kids uh, testifying against her. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've got reporters at the time of the trial described Nellie as a squat little Polish storekeeper. (laughs) And then uh, for Nellie, it's despite being described as the unbeautiful mother of 12 (laughs) and a lump and a plain drudge was not handicapped by her looks and was released after the trial. Um, Do you know who wrote those fun, charming lines? (laughs) Was it a man? No, it was a woman um, whose last name is Forbes. And I didn't do enough digging, but she was one of, like, the first female crime reporters She had some good descriptors. Yeah, lumpy. (laughs) Full lump. (laughs) Um, So there we have the tales of those lucky ladies. The other thing I'd like to tack on, um, when Joseph Klimek finally died, his demise was cited as a complication of tonsillitis. However, when they cut him open, his body cavity was fucking full of arsenic. Do you have the... um Type of arsenic? No, that's all I got. Oh, God. Okay, so it's this whole thing. Um, It was this really popular rat poison Mm -hmm. at the time called Rough on Rats. Yeah, it said something (laughs) like, don't let them in your house! Which I just love, the Rough on Rats. (laughs) And husbands. All right, I have from a photo caption in the Chicago Tribune, which is my new favorite quote. Um, So Mrs. Tilly Klemek went to... Joliet for life because she had never visited the beauty parlors. At least that was the opinion of court veterans who watched the murder trial of the fat peasant woman. She was the first woman ever jailed for life in Cook County for husband killing. That's very rude. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot of a description. I'm glad we've come so far. Whose job was the photo captioning? It was you. I'll poison myself. (laughs) Um, I also do want to note that during the trial, it is said that 
she was chanting as if in a trance that the netherworld defied the mortals to send her to death. You can definitely drop the psychic bit at this point. I think you've been found out. Because she was for sure known, like, people wouldn't pass her on the streets because they didn't want their death prediction. But why is everyone assuming psychic and not, not poisoner? Murderer? Yeah. <laughs> what were we doing in the 1920s? Well, nothing good. Poisoning everyone's husbands. Midst of a depression. Writing a lot of fun photo captions. Oh, yes. Very busy. Being a reporter must have been a great job at that time. <laughs> I would love to go back and be a 1920s reporter. We would be dead. You'd be blind. For what? I feel like I wouldn't have How survived childhood. Blind? I don't know. Oh, not from being a reporter. No, no. From being alive in the 1920s. Well, you okay. wouldn't, we wouldn't have made you it. didn't specify that one. I wasn't <laughs> sure how writing was going to make me go blind. <laughs> Let me tell you. A lot of time looking at some ink. Um, but yeah, so that's what we've got for Tilly Klimek. Fucking Tilly Klimek. I'm surprised that this isn't more widely known. I've not heard of her. Yeah, did you find a lot of research? No. Like I said, all the names were wrong. Right. All the information was, like, just against the entire article that I had read the first time. Everything was contradictory. I parsed together eight pages of insanity. (laughs) It looks like the scribblings of a demon. It's just names crossed off and rewritten and crossed off and rewritten. (laughs) Nothing's on the right... Yeah, there's, like, nothing. But we have more information on lesser killers that were male of the same time. Well, yeah, of course. Did this just not make it out of the Polish community in Chicago? They were like, hush. I think, I mean, it was in the, it was pretty much bandied about Chicago because there had been so many husband killers at the time. But as you said, since she wasn't beautiful and blonde and young, she didn't get any traction or any notoriety. I will say that description is not wrong. I have seen a lot of photos of her. She is a fat peasant woman. (laughs) I mean, it was the 1920s. There wasn't much hope. She has more husbands than I do. She has way more husbands than you. What does it say? What are you doing wrong? Witchcraft. (laughs) (laughs) You're not doing enough psychic premonitions, Victoria. Get on the streets. Let them know what you're capable of. (laughs) You can't see this, but she's just waving her fingers in the air and swaying. (laughs) It's great. Um, that's because I prophesized that we're going to drink this whole bottle of wine. Well, we will. Yes, I'm psychic. Thank you. <laughs> she lives. Line up, husbands. Are um, we ready to move on? Yes. I would like to move on to the Blood Countess. I'm sure you would. Elizabeth um, Bathory. Let's go with Elizabeth. <sighs> yeah, I've referred to her as E in here because saying Elizabeth is a lot of consonants for me. I think Elizabeth is the Western term, right? We'll go with it. Right, but she's Hungarian, so like it's an Elizabeth. But yeah, we'll call her Elizabeth, or I will apparently affectionately call her E. Great. Yeah, we got real close. Um, so, Amanda, let me take you back through time. Really fucking far back mm-hmm. through time. Um, and before I dive into what I have in the book, I will note, as the author did, that a lot of this information is contested. Um, we're going quite far back in time, so there's not a ton of evidence. There are rumors of a lost diary that belonged to Elizabeth. That sounds fake. Um, yeah, it does. And there are court records, though, from her hearing that do exist. Great. I can't wait for that part. Um, so there is some evidence of this, but there's also, like, a lot of, um, conjecture, and I'll be interested to see if you have any of that in your notes, because I imagine it's what dominates the internet. So... We'll talk about it when we get there. So regardless, we may never know the truth. But here's the, like, B-minus Hollywood movie version of what happened. Um, 
And what I would like to note is that Elizabeth Bathory has not one, not two, not three, but eight metal bands named after her. Like, dark metal bands. That sounds exactly right. Yep. Um, So she was born to an insanely powerful family in Central Europe in 1560. She was super well-educated, she spoke many languages, and she was reported to be a true beauty. Oh, wait, do you not know who her parents are? No. Oh, she's born to Baron George Bathory and Baroness Anna Bathory, both Bathory's by birth. Yeah, they cousins. I like sister brother. (laughs) That's my... A brother lover? (laughs) A brother lover situation. Um, and as with rampant inbreeding tends to do, there were some side effects. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll let you take it back up. I just wanted to point out the, the brother-lover situation. Um, when Elizabeth was a child, she suffered from grand mal epileptic seizures, and she saw a lot of really fucked up things as a kid, including watching a peasant be sewn inside of a live uh, horse. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? There were no parental control settings in that castle. No, and uh, that man's crime was theft. That's a bit harsh. Yes, the horse and the man both died. Like, I feel bad for the horse. Bad for the man sewn up into the... It's all bad, I guess. Yes, and even worse for young Elizabeth, who laughed at this punishment. Um, And the author uses the word cackled. Um, She was also prone to fits of rage and loss of control as a child. Um, yeah, and then she fucking got engaged at 10, as you do when you're going to die at 30. You gotta get it in quick. <laughs> um, so she moved in with her rich fiancé's family, and there's this weird rumor that she slept with a peasant boy, got pregnant, gave the child away, and then the fiancé castrated the peasant boy and then tossed him to a pack of ravenous dogs. Oh, I read that wrong. What was your order of events? <laughs> <laughs> In my understanding, as I did a light skimming this morning, I didn't find the story as interesting as Tilly, so I did a more of a skim. Um, from my understanding, and I'm an idiot, she couldn't get pregnant from her husband because he was castrated by the It's much more interesting than what I just said. <laughs> I suppose that's probably not true. <laughs> In a minute to reconvene. <laughs> the problem was that when I was reading it, I was like, yeah, it's the 1500s that shuts out, right? How else are you going to castrate a man? <laughs> I'm full on crying. You're grounded. <laughs> I felt like it checked out. I just breezed right over it. They had a daughter and they just like hush, hush, pushed her away somewhere. I imagine on a like small boat down the Nile. Um... The, the Nile. Where are we? We're hungry. <laughs> Whatever body of water they have there. Um, okay, so... <laughs> I'm never going to be okay. No? No. I think I'll be fine. Uh, okay. <clears throat> so that's not what happened? That's definitely not what happened. In right, fact, tell me about what happened. Well, I did. No. <laughs> um, although I will argue that yours was more interesting, but whatever. I really like my version better. Um, I do too. I'm shocked you skimmed over it. Um, so the pair marry when Elizabeth is 14, um, and then it's immediately off to war for her fiancé. Um, a lot of conquering 
There's shit to he's do. busy. Um, and he's fucked up in his own right, which we learned from the anecdote that I told you, please ignore Amanda. Um, <clears throat> and while he's at war, he earns the title the Black Knight of Hungary um, and is known to play, you know, catch with the heads of his enemies. Ugh. Cute shit like that. Um, cute shit. Yeah. So it turns out that he and E share a true passion, which is fucking torture. You gotta have something in common with your husband. Well, you share a love of uh, apparently being castrated by dogs. I don't know. It's a different love. Um, <clears throat> so he introduces her to one of his favorite charming pastimes called star kicking. Amanda, did you read about this? No. I thought you'd enjoy this one. Um, okay, so... When one is star kicking, what you do is you place a piece of oiled paper between someone's toes and then light it on fire. Oh. Mm-hmm. That's not friendly. No. I don't want to participate. Mm-mm. Do we have to? No, we okay, don't. Great. We don't. Um, <clears throat> so a charming union of two true sociopaths, basically. And her husband also gifted her some sort of, like, Wolverine glove is the best way that I can describe it, that she used to slash the faces of her servants. Jesus Christ. Which is cute, too. I wonder if that was the inspiration for that X-Men character. Uh, I think definitely. And so while this is going on, she and her husband both develop this proclivity for murdering young servant girls. And people start to grow suspicious because Elizabeth is basically bussing in priests to conduct funeral rites on these young servant girls whom she's murdering for sport. Didn't you run out of servants eventually? She will run out of victims. Okay. Um, one priest actually called her out, but her husband managed to placate the holy man and nothing happened. Um, however, her husband died when she was 44 and she, like, gorges herself on torture. Do we know why she's doing this? No, I mean, there's not, it was so long ago that there's not, like, you know, a doctor's record. I guess one of the, and obviously I think this is where we're getting into more anecdotal, unverified things, was that she had been torturing one of the servants and some blood got on her hand and she didn't realize and it dried overnight. And then when she washed it off, she saw how youthful her skin was underneath. So then she started drinking their blood. That's the fiction. Oh, the fiction one was that she was bathing in their blood. There was nothing ever even in the court records about her, like, being into blood in that way. Well, then my commentary about how a skincare routine is important is unnecessary for this conversation. (laughs) I don't have anything else to contribute. Well, I'm sorry. I mean, you can lay it on us. That's why all the metal bands named themselves after her. Oh, that was all I had. Um, All right, well, then, you want to hear some more tales of horror from Hungary? I don't, but I will. Yeah, you're going to, because I wrote pages on it. Great. Um, So, her husband dies when she's 44. Nuts on torture. Um, She'd gather peasant girls from the surrounding environs and get to work. She had, like, a murder crew, so, like, three or four women who worked with her, one being, like, a witch. I'm putting quotes around that. She's, like, a woman who dabbled in herbs. And then, like, a couple of her handmaidens. And they all were involved in, like murdering these young women. This is the Handmaid's Tale that I would watch. (laughs) This is a different version. Um, So she would stab young women with needles. She would brand them with coins. She even bit off a piece of a girl's face. Okay, so she ingested some blood. I'm not wrong. Not in that way. Not in a youthful way. Whatever. Um, She'd burn them with irons, and they would literally beat these young women to death. Um, and there's this really horrific story of her putting her fingers inside a girl's mouth and then basically ripping her face off from the inside out. 
I don't want to participate in that. Seems either. difficult to. Yeah. Well, unless you have that little glove. Oh, that's true. I forgot about the Wolverine hand. It's fucked. Okay. Um, and she would casually have the members of her inner circle toss the bodies over the castle walls to be eaten by wolves. Or just a dumping ground that you don't have to leave home for. <clears throat> yeah, maybe something she learned from her husband when he threw her lover's body to the wild dogs. So tales of her terror spread across Hungary, and she was literally running out of young women to kill. And she killed everyone in the castle? Um, no, she didn't kill people of note. So she only killed servants. And she didn't kill servants who were working in the castle, to the best of my understanding. She would, like, outsource them from neighboring villages. Oh. But rumors... Well, it was until, like, <clears throat> rumors started to spread so much that um, parents were literally, like, hiding their daughters from her. As you have to. Well, yes, otherwise they're going to end up fucking dead. Um, so she is running out of women. What to do? She opens up a finishing school. Oh. Yeah, so she can actually finish them off, is my joke that I made. Am I not? I'm proud of you. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> but she... Um, opens a school and so now like fancy parents start sending their rich daughters so suddenly we're dealing with people whom people actually care about yeah, because they're, they're rich. Yeah they're gonna notice their daughters don't come back right? Yes um so parents are sending letters asking how their daughters are doing and they get these really nuts responses she once claimed that a pupil had had some jewelry stolen the girl goes bananas kills all the other students and then committed suicide. That feels unbelievable. Yeah that's a bad lie. And so now that noble women are showing up dead, the king of Hungary gets involved and he demands an investigation. Um, however, in an awkward turn of events, the man chosen to lead the investigation was one of Elizabeth's dead husband's closest friends, and he had promised the Black Knight that he would protect Elizabeth after his death. So nothing happens? No, things are awkward. Um, <laughs> a little bit. Um, he's been um, interviewing people who work in the castle and listening to... Um, the girls who were still alive at her finishing school. There's a story of one girl who ran into town with, like, a dagger through her foot, just, like, screaming bloody murder, shockingly. Um, so he thinks he has all of the information that he needs, and it doesn't really explain why, but maybe he wanted to confront her, or maybe he just wanted to get inside of the castle, but he, like, finagles an invitation for he and the king to Christmas dinner at Elizabeth's horrifying castle. It's not a castle I want to go to Christmas dinner at. No, any dinner, probably. But also, I didn't mention this. Um, the castle that she lives in is super remote. It's craggy. It's horrifying. It's literally like a haunted castle before anything bad happened in there. Um, and her sick husband gave it to her when they got married. Great. So it was a perfect torture palace for her. So the king and this man go to dinner, and she's acting like bananas and serves them this gray cake shaped like a pretzel for dessert. Ooh. It's got a communion wafer jammed in the middle of it, and they both become immediately ill. Yeah, that was a poison cake. Yeah, she poisoned sure. them, and they get the fuck out of there. This is the final point for the king. It wasn't all the dead peasants. It was inching towards it with the dead noble women, but the second he gets a poison pretzel... Fuck. She done. He is done with his <laughs> shit. So, ultimately, 306 people would testify against Elizabeth, and instead of any real punishment, she was exiled to that craggy castle, and they literally, like, walled her in. Yeah, they walled her up, they left some slits for air and food, and said, go fuck yourself. And she said, fine. 
Um, so she lived out the rest of her life up there, and by royal decree, her name was not to be spoken in society. They just, like, tried to wipe her completely. Um, well, that almost worked, but here we are. It's true. <laughs> Sorry, King of Hungary. Um, but she died still claiming complete innocence, and she was buried on holy ground. Um, however, the people who lived there were like, uh-uh, mm-mm, mm-mm. Don't do that. And so she had to be moved to her family's crypt. One Did of their family water? I mean, they were, I think most of them were dead. In horses as well? Yeah, everybody's just shoved up in there. Um, but I think one of the things that makes the story so appealing to people who are interested in, like, black magic is the idea of what you talked about, the blood drinking. Right. And then also that when the family crypt was opened in 1995, her body wasn't in there. Well, someone stole that for sure. Yeah, but everyone's like, witchcraft. she's a vampire. Mm, yeah, mm-hmm. there was a lot of vampire lore that I was like, fuck, fuck, fuck this. Give me something better. I listened to a really bad song that I was going to play for you, and then I don't hate you that much to do it to you. I appreciate it. You're that. welcome. You're welcome. Um, so yeah, so that is Elizabeth Bathory and her tales of uh, thoughtless murder. That was a good story. Yeah. Not as good as what I read, but it was a good story. <laughs> I'm sorry there wasn't more blood on the face in the youth. <sighs> I mean... Anything to be more youthful at it's this true. point. I understand <laughs> the goal, if that was the goal. Sure. If it's senseless, then what the fuck are you doing? Nothing. Just being a real fucking psychopath. How many... Is there an estimate? Of- There's not. Um, some would say 35 to 50, but other um, women who were in her like murder crew said it was upwards of 300. So... No one really knows, but... Anywhere from 30 to 300 feels like a bad ballpark. But she's, she's like, alleged to be the most prolific female serial killer. I'll buy that. Ever, yeah. Um, And the other thing that I will say is that she was also, like, one of the reasons why she persists in modern culture in this way is that she was, like, very beautiful. There's a lot of very beautiful portraits painted of her. Um, she apparently had, like, a feisty libido, so there was, like, a lot of sex and murder and intrigue involved with her, which is why I think she persists so much. But yeah, didn't she have a series of lovers yeah. while her husband was... At war. ...out fighting and shit? Kicking heads around? Yeah. Kicking heads, lighting feet on fire? That's called... Star, star fucking kick. is what star I almost fucking. said. <laughs> star fucking and star kicking, I imagine, are different pastimes. Not in the middle they meet? No. They shouldn't. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we'll try it later. All right, guys. Well, that is week one of Lady Killing. Lady Killers? Lady Killers. Oh, Wrong. Lady Killing different is a different... Well, technically this last one was Lady Killing. It's true. It goes both ways? No. It's Lady Killers. It's Lady Killers. Yeah. Let me be specific. Um, so, yeah. So, we're excited to delve more into some of these murderous women of history over the next three weeks. Yeah, it's a nice break from a full serial killer situation um more in-depth recent terrifying things yeah i think this is needed for our sanity that's a yeah Pal- palate cleanser yeah for it's sure a weird palate cleanser thank you for that whoops <laughs> all right you guys well thank you so much for listening and we hope none of this gives you nightmares as we always hope i mean let's not let's not lie to them that's true it's too late um so thank you again what about our Instagram? <laughs> Don't cut this short. Follow us. Murder She Read Pod. Or Amanda is going to poison herself. 
Star kicking. <laughs> Amanda will star kick you star up. Star fucking? No. A I different. will not fuck all of you. <laughs> I will star kick you, though, if you don't follow the Instagram. It's important to me only. Well, that's a threat if I've ever heard one, so I would <laughs> listen to the lady. Well, how do we feel about the book so far? Oh, I'm into it. It's really um, it's really snarky. The writer's really funny. Um, and I'm, I'm like, totally on board. I'm excited to read the rest of it. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, we're not gonna we're gonna close it. We're right. not gonna shelf it. We'll reopen. We'll mark our page. We'll tenuously close it. We'll bookmark it. Bookmark it. Yes. There we go. All right. Well, then we'll see you guys next week when we have two more women to delve into. Oh, let's take that again. <laughs> it sounded as bad as soon as I said it. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you next week when we get into no. <laughs> There's no good way to end this. All right, guys. We'll see you next week as we continue our next chapter in this book. Good. There it is. Goodbye. Bye.